How many here tonight is thankful for the blood of Jesus? Amen. Lord, we just celebrated and we're still celebrating. We're still um, in the um, Easter season. Um, the actual um, date of, um, of that we know is the 14th and the 15th. And, uh, but uh, so this whole, whole period of time we are uh, celebrating uh, and so thankful for what Jesus did at Calvary to give us an opportunity to have our sins washed away, and that's by the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you thank him for that tonight, everybody in the house, let's just give him a hand clap. Praise the Lord. I want to welcome everybody that is here tonight. You've come out together on this midweek uh, service to worship God and to study His Word. We want to welcome those that are watching by means of the live stream. 
whether you're watching on YouTube or our website or wherever you're watching from. I'm glad that you're doing that tonight. Hallelujah. We are going to uh, go to God in prayer right now because prayer is so very much important. And um, I wonder if there's anybody here in the house um, have a uh, uh, prayer request you'd like to mention for us to pray about tonight. Anybody? Yes. Oh. Let's remember that and that uh, uh, death and that uh, God will uh, just send his peace and comfort. Also, that reminded me, um, there was a, um, a bad accident on Highway 49 uh, in between Pleasant View and Ashland City yesterday. Um, um, Sister Darlene and I, we left the house and we was going um, towards Ashland City got about halfway there and they had the road blocked off completely and not even one lane and um, the workers there told us there was um, two fatalities um, there and so we had to turn around and go the long way back around but it was a 27 uh, year old mother and her two year old baby that was killed um, don't know why she did it I don't know if um, now, two-year-olds, you know how uh, toddlers are at that age. Maybe the uh, the baby got her attention or something, but it was the mother's fault. She crossed the, the yellow line and hit a T-dot dump truck head-on and um, killed them both instantly. So um, the families that are involved in that, we want to, even though we may not know them, let's pray for them because I can imagine what they're going through right now. It's like what we tell you all the time, folks. We don't have a promise of tomorrow. You don't never know when you're going to be called out of this old world. Uh, I, I know and I believe that uh, that Jesus Christ is soon coming. I believe the rapture is uh, right here on us. I really believe that. But uh, I may go out before it gets here. Amen. We don't know. And it pays to be ready. So. Amen. Anybody else got a prayer request tonight? Yes. Yes, another shooting in Louisville, Kentucky. No, I haven't moved on. Yeah. This madness is just getting, well, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, the, the problem the problem is not guns, like so many people say, but the problem is the demonic spirits that's controlling folks, and then people uh, not mentally able 
that, that shouldn't have them themselves. I do believe that, amen. But uh, we're living in the, in the, in the day that uh, Apostle Paul talked about, in the last days, perilous times shall come. Don't look for them down the road. They're here now. They're here now. I never would have believed when I was a young man I would live to see the things that I'm seeing happening in this country. Never thought I would see it, amen, but, um, but it's here. Anybody else got a prayer request? Yes. Amber in prayer, um, and um, also all of our uh, visitors and guests that was here this past Sunday, uh, we wanted to pray for them, um, uh, that God would just touch them. I did, uh, the lady that was over here, and her husband that came in, she, she told me after service, they was looking for a home church, and um, she enjoyed the service, let me know, so uh, let's pray, pray for them, yes. Sister Angie, she's having a whole lot on her here right now. Me too, amen. Be in prayer. Is there any uh, unspoken request by an uplifted hand? The Bible says God knows what we have need before we even ask Him. Uh, remember that we are going to ask blessing over our offering tonight as we pray as well, and um, uh, um, that God will just bless that, and you can. Bring your gift if you have one, and um, and just give it, and then greet one another tonight. Fathers, we come tonight. We thank you and we praise you for the privilege we have 
to be in your house once again. We thank you, God, for those that um, are here. We pray for those that couldn't be here. And you heard each and every prayer request that was mentioned tonight, and I know that they are dear to you because you're concerned with what we are concerned with, God. And I'm asking God to move on behalf of each and every one and every hand that was raised right now in the name of Jesus. Also, God, bless our offering that we receive tonight. Bless the gift and the giver. And we'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Let the church say, Amen. God bless you tonight as you go.
God is good, and all the time, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise again, if you don't mind. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we are going to be wrapping up the study tonight that we have been on for the past few weeks. Um, we have been talking about uh, the intermediate state the other side of death, what happens during the period between the death of the body and uh, the resurrection when Jesus comes back. And uh, we've gotten into a lot of interesting things in Scripture. And uh, tonight, I hope, uh, by the help of the Lord, that I don't finish this lesson I confuse you with some things because we are going to get into some areas tonight uh, that uh, very well uh, possible, uh, but we're going to take our time and uh, uh, try to bring everything out and give you scripture. And for those of you that are watching online, I hope you have your Bibles handy with you since you're don't have the benefit of the handout material that we have passed out to everybody that is here. But um, we have proven uh, beyond doubt, I believe, that, uh, that death is not uh, where we ex uh, cease to exist. And uh, that that death is only a transition. It's a separation. And we brought out all that. And we brought out the scriptures. Uh, we're all created in the image of God. And because God is an eternal spirit, mankind is made that way too. And it behooves us all to understand and know that you will live forever somewhere. Amen. And there's only two destinations. There's not two or three uh, like uh, we brought out in one of our studies, you know, uh, the uh, 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 Catholic folks, you know, teach about a purgatory, which is not biblical. Uh, and uh, we're going to be together forever now. In our last lesson that um, we talked about Christ's descent into uh, hell or Hades. Um, and uh, that was in our last lessons. I have, we are continuing to finish that tonight and I have titled it Christ's Descent into Hades Part 2 because we're going to just pick up where we left off We're going to pick up where we left off in our last lesson. In our last study, we showed by Scripture that while the body of Jesus was in the tomb, his spirit 
being the eternal God, we got to know that Jesus had two natures. He was God. He was man. Amen. That's the key to understanding the Godhead. Amen. Uh, he, was, he was fully God. He was fully man. And so even though his body uh, died on the cross of Calvary, that eternal spirit inside him was the eternal God. And that spirit descended into Hades and emptied the place in Hades known as Abraham's bosom and brought them to paradise. Amen. We, we talked about all that, if you remember, and you should have it still in your handout. And uh, that's how come Jesus told the thief on the cross, today you're going to be with me, not in Hades, but in paradise. Because when Jesus died, there was a change made. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But he also completed some other tasks before his bodily resurrection on the third day. There were some other things that Jesus did. Uh, I can't, I can't go into all the details. Uh, don't have time. But if you are interested in the study, you can uh, uh, do some research on this on your own to see what the Bible says. So let's go to the scripture. For those of you watching online, it's 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18 through 20. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18 through 20. And... Uh, this is the main scripture that we get what we're talking about tonight. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a-preparing, for wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Okay. In our last lesson, we talked about where he went there into Hades, and that Hades was divided into two places with a big gulf in between, a big chasm. One side was Abraham's bosom, and all the righteous people in the Old Testament was there waiting to be freed. We brought out the scriptures, word, and that's what Jesus was, was doing when he set captivity captive. Um, and he... Uh, he transferred them from the lower place up to the presence of God, paradise, the third heaven. Uh, but then also, these spirits here in prison is not Abraham and Moses and, and all them. These, this is another, another group. This, these folks are the people on the other side of that gulf. Amen. 
And he said he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. Now, I've got three other uh, translations of the Bible printed in your handout here. And um, I, I, I chose these because these three will kind of give you a better idea of... Uh, what is being said in the King James. Okay, the Passion Translation, first of all, the same scripture that I read, he went in the spiritual realm and made a proclamation to the spirits in prison because of their disobedience of long ago. For during the time of Noah, God patiently waited while the ark was being prepared. But only a few were brought safely through the floodwaters, a total of eight souls. Okay, another translation, the Good News translation. And in his spiritual existence, and that goes along with what I told you a few minutes ago, while his, even his body was dead, but his, his spirit, what? And this says, in his spiritual existence, he went and preached to the imprisoned spirits. These were the spirits of those who had not obeyed God when he waited patiently during the days of Noah and was building his boat. The few people in the boat, eight and all, were saved by the water. And then one more translation You'll notice that P-E-V, that's plain English translation is what that stands for. I have an app in, in my iPad and my phone both that, that uh, I don't know, maybe 50 or 60 different translations. It's amazing how many we've got nowadays. But uh, the plain English version. Then Jesus went to the place where the spirits of dead people wait. Hades, like they are in jail, like they are in jail. And he talked to them there. They were the people that lived a long time ago at the same time that Noah lived, but they didn't listen to God. And they didn't do anything God told them to do. They took no notice of him. But God wanted them to turn back to him, and he waited while Noah built that big boat. Only eight people got in that boat. Then God sent a very big rain. Water covered everything, and everyone drowned. God saved only those eight people that were in the boat. Amen. I think about what the Apostle Paul told the men when they was going on the Mediterranean, headed to uh, headed to Rome, he was a prisoner, and they ran into that really bad storm, and they got scared, and uh, they was all fixing to jump overboard and try to swim to an island that was they could see uh, there in the distance, and they were getting ready to jump out. And Paul told the guards, "said You better let these guys know." that unless you abide in the boat, you cannot be saved. 
I, I preached that message a lot back in my evangelistic days, going from place to place preaching revivals. If you want to be saved, you got to stay in the boat. Glory to God. And the boat is the church. Amen. Spiritually speaking, the boat is the church. Hallelujah. You got too many people claiming to be saved that don't, that's not in the church. Amen. Paul said you got to stay in the boat if you want to be saved. Amen. There's too much danger out there that we, any of us can get involved in. Okay, so we have given you um, three or four different uh, translations of this scripture of 1 Peter. And according to Peter, Peter's account, while in Hades, he, or that means Jesus, spoke to those on the other side of the chasm which separated those who were in Abraham's bosom. And Peter tells us who he talked to, but the message he spoke and purpose is one of the greatest controversies in New Testament writings. Now, there are several interpretations of this. If you type in Google, uh, what did Peter mean in chapter 3, verses 18 and 20, you're going to get umpteen hundred explanations. And there are three major interpretations, and I've got them listed here in your handout. We're going to go over them. Uh, first of all, I want you to know something. I have found out in my studies that most of modern theologians and preachers don't believe that Jesus went anywhere but heaven when he was crucified. They don't believe that he descended. Well, what are they going to do? Are they going to take an ink pen and scratch out 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18 and 20? I'm going to get rid of it because I don't believe he did it. I said, how could Jesus go to hell? Number one, it's like we've been bringing out. When the Bible says hell, you've got, you got to figure out what he's talking about. I don't believe Jesus went out and walked through the lake of fire. The Bible don't say that. But it don't mean that he didn't enter Hades. Because the book says he did, and I don't care what some big upstart preacher says, I'm going to accept what the book says. But I want you to understand something. As we're teaching this tonight, I want you, everybody individually, those here tonight, those watching online, I don't want to influence on which one of these three that you believe is the case. You need to Pray about it and uh, let God reveal whatever God wants to reveal to you. I'm going to tell you how what I feel, but I, I'm not. I'm not going to uh, force this uh, on, on anyone. But here are the three major interpretations. The first one: He pronounced judgment on the angels who intermarried with human women. That's what he did. That, that was the spirits in prison. It was those fallen angels. Uh, before the flood, 
there was a there was a group of angels that looked upon the earth and they saw the Bible says uh, uh, the daughters of man and they saw that they were beautiful and they they left their heavenly estate took human form and they uh, intermarried and that intermarriage produced the giants that's where the giants come from that we got Goliaths many years after that and all the rest of it is from uh, that union and when the flood came those bodies that they took on died but because they were angel they were eternal beings and God had to place their spirits somewhere and hold into judgment and I brought that out in our lesson before there's one place in the Bible that the word hell means to Taurus and it's a prison for the fallen angels so that automatically scraps this first one off I mean you know he did not he did not go to pronounce judgment the Bible says they're in that lower place of Haiti to Taurus awaiting the final judgment uh, so it wasn't the angels that uh, uh, that he was talking to and preaching to and making a proclamation. The second opinion is he gave those who died in the flood a second chance. And he went and preached to them and he gave them a second chance because before the flood there was no there was no prophets, there was no Bible there was no written law that didn't come to Moses. So Jesus went uh, into Hades on the other, that other side of that chasm and he preached to all those people who died in the flood that were disobedient and gave them a chance to repent. Now let me ask you a question. If you was in, if you was in a place of torment, you had an opportunity to leave. Would you stick around? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, uh, the th uh, I'm going I'm to talk more about that in just a minute. And then the third major opinion, translation, whatever way you want to say it, that he gave understanding of why the others were taken and they were left. In other words, if you remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus, the rich man was able to look across the gut and see uh, a Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. Amen? Well, if they could look across and see, they knew exactly when Jesus transported them out of that and took them up to paradise. They they looking over there Abraham's bosom and ain't nobody else left. So there's an opinion that he gave, he preached and given understanding of why the others were taken, but they were left. That's the and there there's some other opinions and there's some other views, but like I said, there are many of them. But these are the three most uh, prominent. All right. I'm going to deal, I, I done dealt with the first one, 
that uh, we know that that angels wasn't there with them. They was in another holy place called Tartarus. I gave you, you got that in your handouts. Uh, we dealt with that. Now I want to deal with the second one that uh, people before the flood, God gave them a second chance. Let's read Romans chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen and being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and in their foolish, their foolish hearts were darkened. Now, to me, that's pretty, pretty plain, but I want to read it again in the Passion Translation, or let's read it. In reality, the truth of God is known instinctively, for God has embedded this knowledge inside every human heart. Every human being that's born in this world, even though they were born in sin, they were all born with a conscience. That conscience didn't come from the flesh. It come from God. It's something instinctively God put in every man and woman born. Now, we know that you got a choice to follow your conscience or you can share it with a what? What did the Bible say? With a hot arm. Amen. That's how come a lot of people today are doing things today that used to, they wouldn't do because they said, I felt condemned about it. Well, let me tell you something. If God condemned you 20 or 25 or 30 years ago, and now you, you don't feel condemned, you better be checking to make sure you ain't seared that conscience to where you're beyond feeling. Amen. Uh, so, in reality, the truth of God is known instinctively. For God has embedded this knowledge inside every human heart. Opposition to truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance. What would the police tell you if they stopped you and they say you just broke this such and such law? Or, Officer, I didn't know that was the law. What's he going to say? The ignorance of the law is no excuse. <laughs> Amen. Because, uh, because from the creation of the world, the invisible qualities of God's nature have been made visible, such as his eternal power and transcendence. Ascendance. He has made his wonderful attributes easily perceived. And the attributes of God are love, Mercy, goodness, all of those things are God's attributes. And, he, and the scripture says that they are easily perceived, whether or not you've got a Bible in hand or not. For seeing the visible makes us understand the invisible. So then, 
this leaves everyone without excuse. Um, two more translations. The plain English. God clearly shows everybody enough for us to understand the true story about him. Everybody knows about him. Even though we can't see God, we know about him. If we look at the things he has made, we can know about him. That he is really great and really strong. Ever since he made the world, we can look at everything he made and we can know about him from those things. Nobody can say that they don't know about God. Who can go and view the great smoky mountains and not see the wonder of God? The wonder and the word of God is seen in nature, in the things that he has created. One final translation, the new um, well, not new news. Um, huh? Yeah, new living translation. Thank you. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Let's stop right there. You probably know by now that I don't hold the view and I don't believe that God gave the people that disobeyed him before the flood a second chance. Nowhere in Bible from Genesis to Revelation, do you find anywhere where people will have a second chance once their heart stops beating? Amen. There are some who believe that. There are some religions right now that believe it, that uh, it's called Unitarianism. Everybody's going to eventually be saved because after the resurrection, Jesus is going to get everybody, hey, Folks, where y'all gonna go? Be with me and go somewhere else. Those teachings are ridiculous. They are dangerous. Um, so I don't believe the first point. I don't believe the second point. I don't believe God preached to them or Jesus preached to them, proclaimed to them, talked to them to give them a second chance. Uh, I feel that Jesus had to give them an explanation of why the others was taken and they are still there. He let them know. He let them know about their deeds and why they died in the flood. And the Bible says the world was full of wickedness. It wasn't just that they just didn't believe Noah, but the wickedness back then was very, that's one thing with all this shooting and killing stuff going on. Lord, let us know we're close to the end time right now because as it was in the day of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. 
go back and read about Noah. He said, the thoughts and the intents of man's heart was on evil continuously. All the time. All the time. Violence filled the land. Amen. But, like I said, you know, you look over this and think about it and pray about it. I mean, I don't want to impose just my my theory because I told you back at the beginning of this study, I'll let you know when I've got my own opinion because that scripture in 1 Peter 3, 18 and 20 is up for interpretation. Um, I believe that Jesus... Because of his compassion, let them know. Because I believe I was looking across the other side. And they, they, they saw all those people gone. And he had let them know what was going on. He said, I came and I gave my life to set these people free and send them to paradise. But this, this, and this is why you're here. And you will be here from now on. Uh, that's... Uh, but we can see the pre-flood folks had no excuse. All those scriptures we read, they didn't, even though there was no churches, there was no Bible, there was no law. God said himself through the scriptures, and we've given enough scriptures to show. They can't say they got excuse because God used nature to reveal himself even if they had no Bibles or no written laws. But they did, and I think this verifies more what I'm saying and what I believe about this. They did have a preacher. For 120 years, Noah did more than just build an ark. He did more than just build an ark. Hammer nails <laughs> and patch uh, uh, tar on the inside and the outside. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, for those of you watching at home. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell, you look up that word hell right there, and it will not say Hades, it will say Tartarus. The angels that sinned. And delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people. What about Noah? A preacher of righteousness, bringing the flood on the world of the ungodly. Folks, sadly to say, and I mean, I don't say it rejoicingly, because I mean, I don't want to see nobody lost. I don't think, I mean, anybody loves God, and it's a child of God. You don't want to see nobody lost. And the Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but a double L all come to repentance. But they knew what was coming. They had a preacher. They had a preacher. It was Noah. He was letting them know, look here. There's a rain coming. Oh, you ain't had no rain here since creation. We got hot spring. We got springs coming up. 
watering the earth, you know, kind of like it, kind of maybe like old faithful out there. I don't know, but it didn't rain. And he was building a, a boat out there in the middle of nowhere, no, nowhere close to a lake or ocean or nothing. They, they thought he was crazy, just like they think we're crazy when we talk about Jesus Christ is coming again. I think we're uh, gone bonkers. And they disregarded and they didn't listen to God. And those of you that are going with us this weekend to see the ark encounter, you're going to find out that that thing was big enough. From the time uh, the people who lived on the earth at that time, the amount of people populated, that boat, my friend, was big enough to hold everybody or anybody who have believed and turned to God. Amen. So, I have presented that to you, and I hope you will research that a little bit further. And as I walk, um, come up tonight, there's one other thing I want to bring out. We've been talking about the spirits leaving the body. And uh, in our last lesson after uh, after service, Brother Douglas asked me this question. And, uh, okay, what comes out of the ground when Jesus comes? What comes out of the ground at the resurrection? All right, we're going to, through uh, these three scriptures, try to enlighten and bring out this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 35 through 38. But someone will say, How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Now, this world's been here uh, not according to scientists, like they want to discredit the Word of God and try to thank people in these hundreds and billions of years and all that bunch of crap. Uh, around 6,000 years by Bible chronology. Uh, and people that get been dead long enough don't even have bones left. They're all disintegrated. I mean, that's the reason why when people ask me, said, you know, a lot of people today are going more and more towards uh, cremation. Is, is, that, is that okay by the Bible and everything? After your spirit leaves your body, God don't care what happens to your body. You ain't going to never use it again. You ain't even going to use it if you know that. Let's read this. How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Paul told the Corinthians foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. Get this now, and I got this highlighted. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be. What goes in the ground is not what's going to come out of the ground. Amen. Get that. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, if I'm uh, if, if I'm gone tonight and buried, buried tomorrow, when Jesus comes. What, 
what I'm buried with, what goes in the ground, this, this, this body's not going to come out again. It ain't going to happen. Uh, this is some of the traditions I told you back when, about when we started this. What we're trying to do is just give you what the scripture says and kind of erase some of the traditions that we have gotten used to down through the years. You do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as it pleases, as he pleases, and to each seed its own body. Okay, let's go down in the same chapter to verses 42 and 44. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness and is raised in power. Highlighted here. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. The natural body is not going to come out of the grave. Uh, it ain't, it, it's, you know, it's to, for, for dust thou art and to dust thou shalt return. Once you, your body returns to dust, it's going to be there from now on. What's buried is not what's coming up. The natural body is not coming up. It's the spiritual body. There is a natural body. There is a spiritual body. Last verse, and that brings us right here at the 8 o'clock hour. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. What? When Jesus comes, those asleep in him, those are, in other words, those are resting in him, in his presence, he's bringing him with them. So, the real you is not in the ground. It's in paradise, in the third heaven. And when that time comes, he's going to say, tell all of us that's there, that, that, that dies before he, he comes back. Come on, let's go get everybody else. Hallelujah. Glory to God, let's get everybody on this glory-bound train. Woo, hallelujah. And when he splits the sky and Gabriel blows that trumpet, God is going to instantaneously create a new body, a spiritual body, a glorified body, and going um, to unite the spirits he's bringing back with that body, and you're going to be like Jesus Christ forevermore. John said, It doeth not yet appear what we shall be, but I know when he appears, I'm going to be like him because I'm going to see him as he is. Oh, hallelujah. So don't try to figure out what we're going to be, what we're going to look like, or nothing like that. Because John said he didn't know. None of us know until that day. We just know we're going to have a new body. Hallelujah. 
The body you got now, once it's over with, it's going to be over with for good. Amen. Did I explain that? Okay. Praise the Lord. I hope everybody online picked up on that. I thank you for being with us. I am praying right now. I had one other major request, and I think I'm going to do that before I get back into uh, uh, maybe a uh, studying in a book or something or, or different categories. There were some people interested in what the Bible has to say about angels. And uh, I'm praying right now, and I haven't decided completely, but we may be doing a study on angels uh, beginning our, our next lesson. Uh, sorry, we, I, I'm, I'm, I'm upset about last week. I listened totally to what the weather people said, but I don't know how, why it was where you live. But uh, I, uh, you know, we just we just got got some rain. Turns out I didn't even hear no thunder or nothing. But uh, you know, they 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 called off schools in Sheehan County early, sent them home, uh, and that's why we uh, we did that. And, you know, these weather. Before they had all that equipment, these meteorologists, I, anybody remember Bob Lobatini on Channel 5? Uh, he was a good weatherman. He didn't have all that stuff. He hit it pretty good. We need to go back. That's everybody's stand. Hallelujah. I hope that I've been uh, enlightened some things and uh, about this and that the main thing is to be ready to go when he calls. Amen. Let's bow our heads and thank the Lord for the service. Father, we come tonight. We thank you and praise you for your word. Your word's a lamb to our feet and a light to our path. Bless everyone that's here. Keep them protected as they get on the highway and headed home. Keep everyone until it's time to meet again. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you.